Well, good morning. Welcome to Rimrock Church. So good to see you guys showing up. What a beautiful day, huh? It's supposed to get uh, warm, too. <laughs> Warmer. So that's good. But we just want to lift up Jesus this morning, enjoy each other, enjoy his presence. So let's start that out. Here we go. Take 
you thought I had finally had enough and was just leaving. Yeah, I thought, okay, he's walking away. Right. It's my exit music, too. You just never know which one it is, Tom. Good morning, Rimrock. How are you guys today? Good. Are we all refreshed? We had, what, like two weeks of nothing to do, right? Right? Everybody? No? What? The holidays are busy for you guys? That's so weird. That's so strange. Anyway, sorry. New year. I should get new jokes, apparently. Thank you. Now that is a welcomed part from the band. Thank you so much. And I just as an aside, Mark, I, I know I'm not up here a lot, okay? But I did notice that you had shoes on this morning. And isn't it, it's usually sandals, no matter the weather, isn't it? Okay. So I appreciate, I mean, New Year's resolutions in the works. Mark's going to wear shoes. So that's awesome. Good. Well, welcome, guys. I'm so glad that you're here this morning and uh, to worship with us. I'm not usually a part of the morning festivities, and there's a reason for that. So if you haven't figured that out yet, then you can talk to Pastor Ben about it. Um, but I have a couple of announcements this morning. If you're new here, the good news is I'm not on stage very often. Um, but we would love to get to know you a little better. And so uh, in the back of the seat in front of you, there's a, a little welcome card there. It gives you an opportunity to share a little bit of information with us. And then in response, we just want to help you to get to know the Rimrock um, family and community here and help you um, get connected in any ways that will be beneficial for you. So if you'll take that out sometime during the service and fill it out and take it right across the lobby to the Welcome Center, we'd love to give you a little gift just to kind of start the relationship and, uh, and then just continue a conversation. So um, if you would do that, that would be great, a great way to introduce yourself. If you want to know more about uh, who we are and uh, kind of where we're headed today at the, uh, during the 1030 service. So immediately after this, um, we're going to have a, um, a, a first steps class. And, uh, and we just talk about what, what do we believe and what do we believe God's vision is for us as a, as a, a group and as a church. And how are we executing that? And how are we moving forward? How are we building community together? And we would love for you to be a part of that. Jump in at 1030 this morning, right across, um, just behind the Welcome Center, right across the lobby. And then the last thing I want to draw your attention to is one of the missions that we support is uh, ISI. And one time a year, Rimrock participates in providing a meal uh, for them. Uh, this time it's Mexican themed and that's coming on January 14th and uh, so if you have a specialty Mexican dish something that you know your family raves about that you'd like to share with a wider audience we would invite you to bring something to share and uh, uh, in that meal and so if you want more information about that you can talk to uh, Kelly Weishettle she'll be at the Welcome Center across the way after the service and uh, the information is also in your bulletin if you'd like to check it out there. All right. Let's pray together and we'll continue to worship. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the, the time to be together in your house and in your presence. God, thank you for inviting us 
uh, into your very throne room to worship you because, God, you alone are worthy of our worship and our full, atten our full attention. And so, God, we're asking that you would draw our hearts. God, that you would push out of our minds any distractions and any concerns and any worries because, God, at the foot of your throne, there's nothing to worry about. Father, we want our full attention and worship to be directed to you. So, Father, would you fill us with your spirit? Would you draw our hearts into worship? Would you open our ears and our minds to hear and receive uh, your word today? And, Father, would you help it to settle in our hearts and change our behaviors and our actions and our attitudes, Father, so that we can walk out of here being more like Christ. We love you. We thank you for your work in our lives. Amen. 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 Um, I thought I'd mention that in case you noticed, uh, we have a new member of the band, the balloon head back there. Uh, so Dave Long has been awesome. We've, we've got new stage lights, and Dave put them up, and he's such a, a servant, so we're thankful for him. But he put that balloon there to pretend to be Hannah, as he's aiming lights, right? So it looks just, just like me. <laughs> well, she is kind of an airhead. Oh, uh, 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 <laughs> you might have just made some enemies. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna try to uh, keep her from feeling deflated. Here we go. Two, three, four. Let's see. Come on. I was bad.
I just pushed them away. I thought, Jesus freaks, you know, they're weird. But the more I observed their life, I saw that they had a joy that I knew nothing about. And so I just said, God, if you can do in my life what I've seen you do in my friends' lives, then take it away. And I, somebody gave me this little paperback Good News Bible, and I started reading a chapter a day in the Gospel of John, and my life was utterly revolutionized and everything that I had longed for to be loved to know that there was a reason for living just flooded into my life and a very angry and unhappy person became the exact opposite by the grace of God
God, you are so good. Oh, Father, we love you, and we love this beautiful day, God, that you've made, and these beautiful people. We're so blessed to be here, Lord. We pray, God, that as Ben comes, your anointing Holy Spirit would just fall on him powerfully so that we can hear, because we need that, God. We need a touch from you this morning. Launch us into the new year, God, with your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, guys, before you sit down, we're going to do something. We're going to read a psalm all together. Um, there's going to be parts here that I'll read, but then when you see the bold, let's read it all out together. Let's, let's declare who God is this morning. So the Psalm 96 on our screen. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Let's read all together. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Let's read together. Ascribe to the Lord all you families of nations, Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that it is in it. 
Let the earth and the, let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord, for he comes. He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in faithfulness. You may be seated. You believe it this morning? You believe what we just read? This morning, uh, I got a, as we were singing that song, My Chains Are Gone, uh, Unending Love, Amazing Grace, I was thinking, because I got a text this morning, uh, a dear woman I've gotten to know this past month, uh, just passed away early, early this morning, I got the text, and, uh, and I was, as I was singing that, I was just, you know, over the last month, she's been battling with cancer, and, and, and watching, uh, there's a verse in the Bible that says, Outwardly, we're wasting away, but inwardly, we're being renewed day by day. And I saw that in Pam. <laughs> the, the presence of God, the peace of God, the joy of God, the hope of God, the grace of God, the faithfulness of God, the, the glory of God radiated in her soul, even as her body was wasting away. And so as I was singing that song, I was thinking, Pam is free. <laughs> and you know what? We can be free. We can be free. No matter what we're facing, no matter what this world brings our way if we believe what Psalm 60, 96 is declaring, that God is redeeming, that he is restoring, that all of creation is waiting their king. It's waiting to be made new, to be renewed. There's a story bigger that God is writing. And that gives so much meaning, so much purpose. Just as Tom shared a little bit of his story this morning, we long for meaning. We long for purpose in our lives. And this book that God has given us, the Word of God, reveals a story, an amazing story. It's God's story. And he invites us to be part of that story. And we're, uh, we're going through the book of Judges here. And uh, last week we had an introductory sermon. Today will be an introductory sermon guess what? Next week, we're actually going to dive into Judges. So, so come back next week. But, but context is really important. We have to understand there is this bigger story that God is writing, and it helps us understand the particulars of these moments in history. And Judges uh, was, uh, took place 1,400 years uh, before Christ. And so, I mean, that's, that's over 3,000 years ago from where we are sitting today. And so it was a very different time. It was a different world. But, but God was writing a story. And there's a lot of parallels to what was happening in the time of Judges. Uh, the theme verse is, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Couldn't you say that describes our time? <laughs> right? A world gone mad as everyone pursues their own way apart from God and our world. And it says there was no king. And so it was an in-between time. Yet God was writing a story. And he's writing a story today. And he's writing a story in your life, in my life. And God is doing something wonderful. Last week we talked about God being a covenant God. A covenant God. A God who desires relationship with humankind. With men and women made in his image. And he's, he gave Adam and Eve the, the right to, to rule over the creation to have dominion over what, all that he had created. God has a purpose and plan in creating us in his image. And as we looked at those covenants made with Abraham and Moses, there's something that is so important in that. As we read in Psalm 96, did you notice a theme as we read that? That God desired to bring his blessing and glory to all people, 
all nations. <laughs> it said it over and over. And what did God tell Abraham in Genesis 12? He says, I choose you, and I'm going to be your God, right? And he says, I'm going to bless you. And he tells Abraham in Genesis 12 that through you, all people, all nations are going to be blessed through you. And so God's plan, God's story is one of blessing. <laughs> it's one of blessing. And we have to remember that. It's one of salvation. It's one of goodness. The, the, the character of God is, as he went before Moses in, in Exodus, he says, I am the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness. That is who God is. <laughs> That's his character. That doesn't change. That is who he has revealed himself to be. And so his desire, his motivation, everything about him is yearning for blessing. Not only for you, but for the nations. For the whole earth. The whole earth awaits this blessing that God is revealing, that he is uh, revealing to us. So this morning, before we dive in Judges, we have to look at Joshua. Joshua. Because... Remember, the Israelites were slaves in Egypt, and God rescued them. He brought them into uh, the wilderness, and uh, there was a moment where they were at the cusp of entering the land. And the land is important. Remember, the land was part of that covenant. Remember, God told Abraham two things. I'm going to give you a son, and I'm going to give you a land. Okay? That land is important. Okay? It's important because God made it part of the covenant, and it's part of God's story. And so remember the Israelites were at the cusp of coming to the land. And then what did they say? They said, the people are too strong. <laughs> They're too big. We can't take them. We're afraid. And God said, don't be afraid. I'm with you. I'm stronger than they are. I will give you this land. But the people, instead of choosing faith, chose fear. And so a whole generation lived in the desert, wondered. But Joshua and Caleb were the only two who stood up and said, we can take him because God is with us. <laughs> God has given us land. He will keep his promise. Our faith is in God. And so Joshua was the only one who survived that generation, and now they're ready to come into the land. Now, here's, the, here's an important question. You should be asking, why is the land so important? Now, I, I had the opportunity to go to Israel, and uh, I got to tell you, um, it doesn't look that special. <laughs> it's actually a, a desert, and, uh, and, you know, the Dead Sea, there's salt, and, it, and it's mountainous. It doesn't look that productive. I, I lived in, in Minnesota, and in Minnesota, you can drop a seed in the soil, and, and anything will grow. It's, it's so productive. It's so lush. But this land isn't like that. Why would God say this land is so special? Well, geography is important. Where is Israel located? It's at the crossroads of all the nations. Now, when you go to Israel, you will learn a lot about history because you'll see the ruins and the effects of every world power that has ever existed has fought over this land. Why? Because of where it's located. It's at the, it's at the very center of all the trade between north and south, east and west. Everything in the ancient world went right through that land. It was at the crossroads of all of humanity. Now, we read in Psalm 96 that God's desire is to bring blessing and glory and his worship and his goodness to what? All the nations. All people. And so 
location <laughs> was important in God's plan of bringing blessing to all nations. And so he said to his people, remember in Deuteronomy, God told Moses that he was going to give them the land and that they were to be a holy people, set apart, different from the, all the other nations. They were to reflect something about God. They were to be God's representatives on the earth. And so the land at this crossroads of all of human history and every empire that's ever existed, whether it's the Greeks or the Romans or even much later uh, the Northern Europeans and the Crusades or even uh, the Turks and the, and the Ottoman Empire, every empire, every great power has sought and has passed through that land. Do you think God was wise? <laughs> Do you think his story is amazing, marvelous, that in that place where Jesus, the Son of God, came in, and so that the message of God's grace, the message of his forgiveness, could spread to every nation, every tribe, all the way to South Dakota. <laughs> you talk about the ends of the earth. If you think of Israel as the center of God, like we're at the ends of the earth, and yet that story of Jesus, we're here today because of God's story, because of this promise to Abraham about the land, a place where people could hear about God's glory, his holiness, his love, his character. And so the land is important. Joshua uh, chapter 1, verse 79, it should be on the screen. This is what uh, God spoke through Joshua to the Israelites as they're ready to go into the land. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it the right or the left that you may be successful wherever you go. And so why is God's law so important? Because they're to be a holy people, different from the other nations. They are representatives of God and his story and his plan and his purpose of his goodness, of his forgiveness, of his mercy. In fact, in, in Exodus it says, you're not any more special. <laughs> There's nothing unique about you or special about you. Rather, this is part of God's story. He's redeeming people to be his very own. And so Joshua says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate, it, uh, meditate on it day and night so you may be careful to do everything written in it. See, God's story has always been about the transformation of his people, of their hearts, of their lives, to reflect who he is. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Wow. Faith in God or fear. That's... That's a choice that the Israelites have as they're going into the land. We have the same choice today. Will we trust God? <laughs> will we believe what God has said? Or will we fear? Will we, will we try to find our own way? Will we, will we try to protect and, and hold on to what we know or what we understand? Or will we absolutely trust God? Will we put our faith in God like Joshua did? Joshua said, as for me and my household, we will serve God. We will give our lives to this God because he's good. He's trustworthy. And he's powerful and he's strong. We've seen him deliver us out of slavery. We've seen him sustain us through the wilderness. We give testimony that God is good. He's trustworthy. And that's partly what we're doing here this morning is we're, we're declaring that God, you are worthy of our trust. We're not going to fear death. We're not going to fear sickness. We're not going to fear that what this world fears. We're going to put our trust in you. 
That's a powerful statement. And that's what Israel was wrestling with. Joshua 24, at the end of the book, and now we're, we're getting up to Judges, and so um, the people are in the land. God has, has broken the backs of the, the Philistines and the Canaanites and the Amorites, and they are in the land. So God has kept his promise. He's, he's sustained the people. He's, he's brought victory to them, and he's allowed them to come into the land. And this is what the people said to Joshua. We will serve the Lord our God and obey him. On that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people. There at Shechem, he reaffirmed for them the decrees and laws. And Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God. Then he took a large stone and he set it under the oak near the holy place of the Lord. See, he said to all the people, this stone will be a witness against us. What did Jesus say as he was coming into Jerusalem? (laughs) If you don't recognize me, even the stones will cry out, right? The, 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 the creation declares that God is faithful, that he is trustworthy, that he will keep his part of the covenant. The stone will be a witness against us. It has heard all the words that the Lord has said to us. What does the Bible say? The word of God will endure forever. It will be a witness against you if you are untrue to your God. Then Joshua dismissed the people, each to their own inheritance. And so God delivered. He gave the land to the people. Isn't that amazing? Remember Abraham, childless, just a wonder nomad. And God says, I have a land for you. Hundreds and hundreds of years after slavery in Egypt, after all these things that were going against them, everything was against them, yet God made a way for them to be in the land. God kept his promise. He kept his covenant with the people. But then we come into Judges, Judges chapter 2, verse 10. And after that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors. So this is the generation of Joshua. So they've all passed away. Another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. We read this verse as a staff as we were uh, thinking about this series coming up. And uh, Boomer, uh, Pastor Boomer, who was up here just a little bit ago, he got really excited because <laughs> he said, Ben, that's, that's my whole ministry. That's what we're, we're, we're seeking here at Rimrock Church is that we would, one generation, the, as parents, we'd pass the faith that we've experienced in Jesus to the next generation. It's so important. It's vital. It's central to who we are as a church. And Judges reminds us why that's so central. And then the Israelites, verse 11, did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. They forsook the Lord and the God of their ancestors who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods of the peoples around them. They aroused the Lord's anger because they forsook him and served Baal and Asherahs. And so a whole generation forgot, didn't hear what God had done and who he was. They forgot his character. They forgot the call to be holy, to be God's special possession, God's story, his plan of bringing blessing to the nations. They forgot. They didn't know. And they began to worship Baal and the Asherahs. So it's really important that we talk about a few things before we dive into this series in Judges because we're going we're gonna to be reading a bunch of amazing stories, crazy stories, but they're also dark stories. But 
you need to understand something that's really important as we go through these stories. It's not just a bunch of a collection of stories. God is revealing something about himself and what he is doing in our world that is just as relevant for us today. It's just as relevant for us today. God is faithful. He keeps his promise. And as dark as it gets in Judges, and, and by the way, um, we're not going to preach to the last few chapters of Judges because it's, it's too dark to even <laughs> talk about here in this place. But I want to encourage you to go read it because when you read those last few chapters of, of Judges, you will begin to see how the people of Israel become just like the Canaanite nations around them. They begin to reflect the very same thing that the surrounding culture believes about themselves and about God. They begin to reflect that, and it is dark. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. It's death. There's no way around it. And so Judges reveals that to us, but it also reveals that God is greater than sin, <laughs> and God is faithful. And even if we don't keep our part of the covenant, God keeps his part. <laughs> we sang Amazing Grace. Judges is all about amazing grace. <laughs> and that gives us hope for today, that as dark as our world gets and as dark as maybe we see in our lives, God wins. He delivers. He saves. He makes a way. But here's what we need to be aware of. There is a spiritual battle. There's a spiritual battle in our world. There's a spiritual battle with the devil because he's a liar, he's an accuser, and he seeks to destroy all that God created good. And there's a battle inside called the flesh. And the judges are representatives of God in that time. Just as you and I in Jesus Christ are representatives of God in our world today. That is, that is the calling of the church to be the body of Christ, the representatives of God in this world. The good news, if God is for us, nothing can stand against us. If God is in us, <laughs> his holiness will win the day. He will win. He will work out his salvation, his grace, his power in our lives, just as he did in the time of Judges. Now, I gotta address something really quickly that's really important, because when we read Joshua, and we see this conquest, there's all these questions. And, and I gotta say, it's, it can be troubling because we see these, this, this, this conquering, this conquest, this destruction of the Canaanite, Amorite culture. Now I just got, I gotta give you some context here because there's a bigger story. Even though there's a lot of things we don't understand about that, and we have a lot of questions about that, why would God have them go and do this? That there's something that's even bigger and more important. The Israelite people were not defined by their ethnicity, rather by their relationship with God. The Israelite people weren't just an ethnic group. And so this isn't ethnic cleansing because God is inviting people of all nations to be his own. And we know that because of Rahab and people like Ruth, who are Canaanites, who end up being in the genealogy of Jesus. <laughs> Do you see what God is doing? He's inviting all nations, all people, to be part of his blessing for the whole world. When the Israelites left Egypt, there were many Egyptians who joined them. Here's the defining thing of the people of Israel. Not ethnicity, but worship. A relationship with God. Worship. So what is God doing in the land? He's inviting the nations to come and worship him, to know him. Now, the Canaanite Amorites are a representation of sinfulness 
and, and a rejection of who God is. And so that culture was completely consumed by the worship of Baal and the Asherahs, which was a, a, a very gruesome form of worship. And uh, there's a verse earlier in the Bible that talks about how, how the sins of the Amorites hadn't fully been, uh, like God was patient. For 400 years, he was patient for the Amorites to turn away from their worship. But their hearts were hardened and corrupted by this evil practice. So the way they would uh, worship Baal is they would actually do child sacrifice. You can go into archaeological, uh, archaeological digs and land, and there's piles of bones of young children, kids who were sacrificed before Baal. It was a horrible form of worship. Ashereth was a, it was a form of worship of, of fertility and sexuality. And so where there was a perversion of God's gift of sexuality, there was always child sacrifice. And so Judges reveals the, the darkness of that worship that was so anti-God. And if you think about the Ten Commandments, the first commandment is to worship God alone, right? To love God with our heart, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. That's the summation of the Ten Commandments. Now, idolatry is just the opposite of that. Idolatry replaces God with other things, and so it's a replacement of love of God for a love for something else, right? And instead of a a love for others, it's a selfishness that seeks to use others or abuse others for selfish gain. You see, the, it's the very opposite of what God intended. He intended us to teach us to love Him and to love others. It's a corruption of God's design. So I have to say, as I was preparing this message, we have to see that this isn't just some distant problem, that the, the gods of the Canaanites and the Amorites is alive and well today. That, idol, that idolatry of sexuality in our culture is very real. The idolatry and also the human sacrifice is very real in our world today. Did you know that the largest form of slavery in the world today is sex slavery, human trafficking? People are used and abused in our world just as in the time of the judges. Did you know the number one cause of death in the world today is abortion? Over 42 million children are sacrificed on the altars in our world today. You see, it's a dark world that God has stepped into to bring salvation, to bring hope, to bring life where there's so much death and so much darkness. Now here's, here's what we need to know. God's character doesn't change. <laughs> as dark as this world gets, and as sin is in our own lives, because remember, the judges reveals not only the darkness of the culture around us, but it's in us. And, it, and we have to realize that God wants to transform our hearts, our lives. You see, the answer isn't just to those, those dark problems, isn't just passing new laws or getting new government. The real answer that the Bible talks about is heart change the transformation of the human heart, because sin in us, Jesus said it's not our behavior, it's not what we do on the outside, but it's what's inside that defiles us. And so God wants to transform our hearts, and so Judges is dealing with the heart of his people. Will we trust God? Will we yield our lives to God in his story, his plan of redemption, his plan of salvation, or will we give ourselves to the idols of the surrounding culture? God's character doesn't change. But we are sure fickle as people. But God is faithful. 
God will bring deliverance. And he is bringing deliverance. I bet every one of us here this morning could stand up who have faith in Jesus can give a testimony of how God has transformed our lives. How he's removed selfishness and greed and fear and things out of our own hearts. Just as Tom shared earlier, anger, whatever, whatever that sin struggles in our lives, Jesus has stepped in. And instead of condemnation, he's brought grace. <laughs> he's brought a new purpose, a new reason for living. To understand that we exist to love God with all our heart, soul, and strength and to love our neighbors ourselves. And that blessing that starts inside radiates out. <laughs> and it creates marriages and families and, and, and cultures and businesses that, that reveal blessing to others, that reveal goodness to others instead of destruction. This is God's plan. 2 Corinthians 5, 16-21 says, just like the, the judges were called in the book of Judges, called to be deliverers, to be representatives of God, filled with His Holy Spirit, 2 Corinthians 5 says, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Do you want to praise God for that this morning? <laughs> Aren't you so glad that God hasn't abandoned us? That he's making something new? As, as dark as the world is, and as, and as hard as life is, and as hard as we struggle in the battle against the world, the flesh, and the devil in us, God is making something new. And all this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So through Judges, we're going to see that God raises up men and women to be his representatives. Did you know, if you are a follower of Christ, you are called to be his representative? You're not just, you don't just go to work as, a, as an employee or an employer. You don't just exist in, a, in, in this world system. God has called you to be his son, his daughter, his representative, his holy child in this world. To reveal something about who he is and what he's doing in the world. To point to his glory, to worship him. And he's given us a ministry to share that with others, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Isn't that amazing? his representatives, his ambassadors, his holy people. In a corrupt culture, in a corrupt world, God is transforming us from the inside out. He's making us into a new kind of people. And so for us as Christians, the land is no longer a geography. It's no longer a place. That's, that's part of God's story. God has used Israel as in his story. But now Jesus said, Repent, change your thinking, change your mind, because the kingdom of God is at hand. God is ushering in a new kingdom, a new reality, a new rest. In Hebrews it says, in Christ we enter the rest of God, the blessing of God. That is what God has for us. We are called to be his worshipers in this world. This past year, I want to end with this story. 
real quick. This past year, uh, 2021, maybe some of you saw the headlines. Uh, there were 17 uh, people, mainly Mennonite, Amish uh, Christians, who were in Haiti. Um, I've been to Haiti. Haiti uh, is, a, is a beautiful place. Some of, the, some of the most wonderful times of worship I've had in my whole life have been in Haiti because there are people there who love Jesus and reflect his, his goodness in so many ways. But there's a lot of struggle in Haiti. There's a lot of darkness in Haiti. And these 17 uh, Americans were in Haiti uh, serving uh, orphanage. They were there to serve orphans. And I thought, isn't that a great representative representation of God's way in a time of fear, in a time where everyone's self-protecting, trying to, you know, in this global pandemic that we're in, these people are out serving others. <laughs> They're out caring for orphans. That reflects God's heart, his way. That's courage. That's faith, right? And yet, they were kidnapped, and they were um, enslaved and bondaged by, these, uh, by this gang. And uh, you can go online, you can hear their stories about that time. It's really fascinating, really interesting. But, but here's what struck me as I kind of watched that whole story unfold. God was doing something. He was working through these very simple, ordinary people. And he was showing that his way is different than this world's way. This gang, they wanted money. They wanted all this stuff they're trying to get, to take, to, to, by force. And yet the posture of this, these missionaries was, was one of forgiveness, one of love, one of care. And in their time of captivity, they would share the message of Jesus with their captors. And they would share the message of Jesus with the, the, the other people they were kidnapping. And they served, and they showed love, and they showed forgiveness. And they were, they were able even to confront some of the idolatry that these, these captors had. They had like demon worship, and they had all these things going on. And they had prostitutes, and alcohol, and drugs. And in the midst of that darkness, these people showed the love of Jesus, the power of Jesus. And what's so amazing about this story is not only were they captured and enslaved, but they, they showed a different way. They revealed a new kind of way that Jesus said to even love your enemies. And in the midst of that, God delivered them. <laughs> and they escaped. They got away. In the middle of the night, they, they walked miles and miles away and got away. And, and I think it's such a powerful story because it reveals the contrast of a, a world gone mad, chaos, everyone doing what's right in their own eyes, chaos, no law, no respect, no care for others, just pure selfishness. And yet in the midst of that, God is revealing there's another way. <laughs> there's a way to live courageously, to live for others, to live generously, to live in such a way that reflects God's glory. And what this this group of people would do is they would three times a day they would get together and they would pray and they would worship and they would declare the name of God above everything else. And they held on to God's promises. They trusted God and God delivered them. I think that's a beautiful picture of God's story and what he wants to do in our lives. Now, I don't think we're all going to get kidnapped in Haiti. I hope we don't all get kidnapped in Haiti. I don't think that's what God has for all of us. But he does have a way for us to reveal God's holiness and his glory in this culture. I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up. Romans 12 says that we are called in view of God's mercies to offer our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. That's a purpose statement for our lives. <laughs> God has called you to be a living sacrifice. 
if our lives are to be characterized by God's call uh, in Jesus Christ to love God with all our heart, soul, and strength, to love others as ourselves, that's going to look very different <laughs> than the culture around us. And it's going to require that we yield to God's work in our lives internally. And so I don't know what you're struggling with this day, but give it to God. Give it to God. Allow Him to transform, to, to expose those sinful areas within your own heart, within your own life. But maybe there's outward darkness. Maybe you're facing something from the culture that's really hard, that's really difficult. Trust God. Be a living sacrifice. Allow God to work through that. Because maybe you don't see a way through it or a way out, but God has a way. He's powerful enough to deliver his people. And he's going to deliver you through that situation, through that circumstance. And then lastly, in Romans 12, it says that this is our, our worship. We are to be worshiping people. And so what defines us as Christians in this world is not our ethnicity or, you know, all those other things that the world's all, all caught up in. It's our worship of God. We are his people. And he is our God. <laughs> and when we worship him and we're on the, this altar of sacrifice to him, he gets all the glory. And it's beautiful. It's wonderful. And it reveals his goodness. Let's, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your presence this morning. Thank you for your people. Help us, God, to trust you. That your story is bigger. Your plan is more wonderful than we could ever ask or imagine, Lord. And Lord, as our lives in this time, um, as we live them out, God, help us to see your story, to see your purpose, to be a holy people, called by you, empowered by your Holy Spirit, to be your representatives here in this land. Help us, God, to reflect your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, God, that you are a forgiving God, compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love. And so, God, if there's anything to confess this morning, you know the hearts of your people. Thank you that you are willing and able to forgive and to restore. Help us to live such holy lives, as it says in Peter, that the people around us will marvel <laughs> and say there's something different <laughs> about those people. Lord, help us to live for you, glory. We bow our hearts, we bend our knees. Oh, Spirit, come make us humble. We turn our eyes from evil things. Give up screen.
God of Jacob. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Come join us on Wednesday nights and again next Sunday. We'll have a great time together. Amen.